said to me he said uh, you've made it and I was just like I hope not I hope, I hope, th- I hope this isn't it because at the end of these parties I was on such a downer I'd like think shall I just took myself off yeah top and what stopped me a lot of the time is well I didn't want to hurt anyone the butt. I've gone from basically one of the most physically able people in the country to potentially what I saw myself as would be a cripple yeah and then that hits you that knocks you for six. Because if you're already not in a good place and then, bam, that hits you as well. I had to reassess everything. I had to reassess absolutely everything. Welcome to Gospel Impacts. I'm sat here in um, a beautiful gym in Sheffield uh, that was a fire station before and the man next to me has turned this around, obviously with God's help, which he'll explain. Um, But the man sat next to me, I should be calling Sir, as he's very, very scary and big. Um, He is the 2017 England's Strongest Man, 2018 UK runner-up. Uh, and t- between 2016 and 2018, he was world's strongest uh, man in the Champions League. So, very, very scary uh, character, twice my size, but I need to introduce Mr. or even Sir <laughs> Phil Roberts. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just to clarify, I wasn't yeah. world's strongest man, it's just the world's strongest circuit. Okay, that was, uh, that's fine, yeah. that's fine, that's fine. I never was that good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Well, we, we, you join us with a, a hopefully a light-hearted conversation, um, yeah. Phil, and we're going to have a hopefully have some good fun with this. Yes. Um, I've got a list of questions that we'd like to go through that I'm sure our listeners will enjoy. So um, just want you to start off with um, giving me and our listeners a brief insight into who Phil Roberts was before he started Strongman, a bit of your sort of early career. So before I started Strongman, um, I, so as a young lad, um, I was brought up in a, a Christian home family and it was very nice, all nice morals and stuff like that. Um, uh, but it, I just thought of it nice, just a nice way to live life. Uh, I never really believed anything for myself. I just thought it was a good idea and stuff. But I, very early in life, I got into um, being strong. And that came from uh, an insecurity of being scared of stuff. So my action heroes, uh, sorry, the action heroes of the time of me growing up was people like Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Sylvester Stallone and stuff like that. And they weren't scared of anything. So what did they have? They had big muscles. So from 12 years old, I dedicated myself to being, I'm gonna be big and strong so I don't have to be scared of anything. So then I would take an active thing on uh, working out at home and then I got a gym membership at a very early age, 15. Um, I I got my parents to lie about my age on the application (laughs) form uh, so that I could get there. Um, And then it kind of grew from there. And then uh, as a a younger lad, Again, with the action and the strength and the and the the, uh, the power sort of thing, um, I watched Robocop. Okay, so as a young impressionable man, that that planted some seeds. So I decided that I wanted to be a police officer, 
uh, that's all I ever wanted to do uh, as a young man. So that is, at, at 21 years old, uh, I got accepted into South Yorkshire Police as a well, police officer. And I can assure you, anyone thinking about the police or, or, or curious about it, it isn't like Robocop, okay? Um, <laughs> thankfully, I'm not bionic, but uh, yeah, there's, it's not very similar to that. But um, I still did it, I fulfilled my dream um, at that young age. Um, for how long were you in the police for? I was in the police for eight years. Okay. Eight years. So right. I, I left when I was 29 years old. I'm 38 now. Um, I know I don't look it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so uh, it was a fulfillment of a dream. But I, uh, as a young man, I was holding on to my parents' faith, trying to keep them happy and just following the rules. And I could see other people having fun hmm. and, and, and stuff like that. And I was thinking... <sighs> I've, I've got to stick to these rules but I don't really want to and then very sadly uh, when I was 22 years old one of my friends committed suicide well, and he was the closest friend I had I, I, I referred to him more as a brother sort of thing we, we'd known each other since we were five years old and he decided to take his life so it was a very very sad time for me and that was but that was my okay to let go because yeah. I got so angry and bitter it was like right you know what screw trying to do this golf thing because um, I've been holding on from my fingertips for ages so I'm going to go and do what I want I'm going to go and do all the fun stuff and then I basically felt I can do whatever I want it's exactly like the prodigal son it's like I'm free to do what I want now um, and then uh, so what I would do is it, my, my life um, before, obviously before Strongman would be a series of challenges I would set myself Yep. and uh, goals that I would want to achieve so um, for instance I got into the police this is all I ever wanted to do I was usually quite proud of myself so I'm 21 years old and I got accepted into the police it's like pat yourself on the back you've done well and you know what after 8 weeks of being in the police I hated it I hated it and I was like oh. why Why did you hate it? well it, it wasn't like Robocop <laughs> <laughs> no no it was um, it wasn't anything like I expected I went in with the romantic idea of helping the vulnerable yeah. I always had a strong sense of justice yeah um, uh, helping the helping the vulnerable and getting the baddies so to speak and then all of a sudden you start learning hang about it isn't it isn't as clear cut as that it's not black and white yeah and also the people you're trying to help don't like you and the people that you're trying to put away, uh, bring to justice um, through different means or anything, they can't be brought to justice. So all of a sudden you have these hopes and dreams and they're kind of like, oh, this isn't exactly what it is. This isn't what I thought it would be. So I was, I was like, right, okay, well, it's a good career. So everyone always says, oh, it's a good career. You've done well and everything. You'll, you'll never be poor and uh, you'll always be steady. And so I was like, oh, you kind of stick at it because I didn't know what else I wanted to do yeah. and then uh, uh, people tell you people tell you in the world what you need to do Phil you need to settle down okay so I got myself a, a girlfriend uh, we moved in together we got engaged and I was like this is not the life I want <laughs> again it was like I mean there's no criticism her she was amazing yeah. uh, but it was just it was not what I wanted I was just like, oh, another empty, another kind of empty cup. Yeah. It's like going to the well and figuring out that the police was empty. Yeah. There was no water there. And then you go to what everyone else says. You settle down, you'll be satisfied. We even got a dog. 
Yeah. Even got a dog, okay, <laughs> so, to, to show how. And it was in a house in the suburbs, so it's yeah. like I'm middle class sort of thing. Well, even though I was a police officer, I tended to be middle class. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it just it didn't fulfil like people said it should, yeah. or, or or like in my mind I said this this should this should be fulfilling to me, and it just wasn't. So that's what led me to a bit of despair. I've got the job I ever always ever wanted, yeah. and I don't want it. Yeah. I got a, a nice missus with a decent job and the house in the suburbs. We bought a house in the suburbs and got a dog, and I didn't want it. Okay. So you're kind of running out of ideas. So this is when I got into this is what I'm not proud of. I'm going to wear my heart on the sleeve, and the reason I wear my heart on the sleeve is because obviously we have to know each other's faults. Yeah. Uh, we get it in the open. If if, if no one uh, um, uh, if no one spoke about any faults in the Bible, we wouldn't have much of a Bible, would we? No. Okay, so um, I uh, cheated on my missus numerous times right. at the time just because I was trying to fill that gap. I was drinking heavily. Uh, I was violent inside the police and outside the police. I had the reputation of being the heavy, basically the police heavy. You had a nasty crook. Yeah. I'd be the first one lined up ready to get there. I get that reputation. I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used to, I almost used to get stimulated and excited by the violence. Right. Um, because that was the only thing that kind of gave me that adrenaline nice. pump. Yeah. Um, and uh, that obviously led me to getting in trouble in the police. Um, but during this, actually, because I was a strong chap and I was still going to the gym, uh, someone introduced me to strongman. So I started. I started the early days of strongman whilst I was still in the police. And what year was that? So I did my first competition in 2012. Okay. Uh, that was Rotherham's strongest novice. Love that yeah. Rotherham's strongest novice. And you know what? I won it. So wow. I. So I found another well to drink at. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to be honest, this well for a short time is quite sweet. I was like. I like this, this is me, okay. So I did the novice, so there's different levels. You've got the novice, you've got the intermediate, you've got the national, uh, opens national, and then you've got like the um, TV, what you go okay. to TV. So there's like four levels. One, the first one, so I was like, bam, automatically promoted up to the intermediate. And yeah. you know what on that second one? Came first again. Wow. Okay, so you can imagine well, the, me right there. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I am good at this. <laughs> I got the job I always wanted. Well, I achieved the job that I thought I wanted. Yeah. I've got the nice house and stuff. And But on the, on the world standards, hey, you should be happy. Yeah. You should be really content and happy with your lot. But I wasn't, so I got into a strongman. And it's like, wow, okay, so this is where this is where I get in my, quenching my thirst for life. Basically, just knowing that, well, I was thinking at the time, it's like, this is what I'm designed to do. This is this is me quenching my thirst. I'm actually satisfied by this. And um, then what happened is uh, I, I spent a bit of time in the lower, in the National League, getting more and more names for myself. And then in 2014, I came ninth at England's Strongest Man. That was my first like uh, national show. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was still in the police. But then at that same time, because I was starting to get more extreme in that, and all my, all my attention was on that. The other two things, the, the missus and the house and the job, didn't care about because this was what I wanted. This right. is what I wanted to do. And then um, in 2015, I think it was, I had a meeting with a chief inspector. So I was a police officer, so just a standard rank police officer. So this is chief inspector's like three ranks ahead of me. Right. 
Um, and she basically said to me, I need to speak to you about your complaints. And I was always very driven. I, I, I sometimes uh, the, the, the sergeant would say, you've handed in twice as much work as the next best officer on our shift. Well, it's good. You can see, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm acting like this now as in what I used to feel like. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not proud of anything and, and, and stuff. But at that time, I was like, I'm the Dom. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I, everything I put my mind to, I achieve. Everything I, I get, I, I want to get, I kind of get. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, she said to me, so in this, we need to talk about your complaints. So I said, well, what do you expect? I hand in so much more work than anyone else. Yeah. And then at that point, I still remember it. She said, PC Roberts, you have the most complaints for violence in all of South Yorkshire Police. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, at the time, obviously, you're defensive and you're like, well, I deserve a medal for that sort yeah. of thing. But <laughs> inside, inside, things are ticking over. And you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm kind of I'm cheating on my missus. I'm violent. People mm. like me because they were a little bit scared of me. Yeah. So, people would hang out with me because I was like the alpha the life and soul you know that sort of yeah, thing yeah. but I'd use my size and strength as a bit of a a draw for that right. um, and then you start assessing yourself and I got into a really bad uh, point where the guilt um, got to me and then also the kind of like I, I visualise it as imagine imagine if you're on a lake okay yeah. beautiful pristine lake maybe in a lake district or, or it, if you're listening elsewhere in the world, just think of a beautiful lake with mountains around it, no wind whatsoever, and you're in a speedboat, and you're cutting across the water, and in front of you, it's smooth, perfect, and everything. And that's what life was going into. And then as you turn around, you look back, and the wake, and the mess, and the waves you're causing, and I felt like that speedboat, everything I touched just made a mess um, at that point. And then that's when I started rehearsing killing myself. Well, um, so that was when I was 29 years old because I thought, well, my career's over because I'm going to have to jump before they push me. Yeah, you get a meeting like that, it's like they, they're telling you shape you up or go. Yeah, and I was like, I can't shape up. I'm not in the right mindset, so I just need to get out. Um, so what we did is I split up with the missus at the time because the guilt of that got to me. So we sold the house, and I luckily made some money uh, on that house, and I said. Well, the only place I'm actually happy yeah. is in the gym. Right. So I'm still getting my 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 my, my thirst quenched from um, from the strength and being strong and powerful and stuff. So I put it all all my money in uh, that I made, quit the police, and said, "I want to open a gym because if it doesn't work, I'll just top myself. I was going to anyway, so I may as well just." go all in and that's what I did I put every single investment every bit of money into that business quit the police um, and then I could fully concentrate on my strongman career so you asked me what happened before the strongman career so that is where we're getting up to now so then so then you start a strongman you've got your gym you're able to train in that gym how often were you training oh I was training like five six days a week and this is where I started because I had again um, it was the same as when my friend died. I felt there was no attachment to this religion. I don't have to do anything. And now I'd left the police. Right. I had another one where I was like, I can do what I want. So yeah. I don't get drugs tested or anything like that. So I took copious amounts of steroids. Um, and this is when I started on the cocaine yeah. um, to give me that buzz and high. And then, which means you have to come down from that. So I used to smoke, I have to smoke 
cannabis to bring it back down. Right. So at one point I used to dose. I used to, but this is this is me being bravado. Yeah. I used to dose. I take class A, B, and C drugs. Okay. So I'm getting all ticking all the boxes. Yeah. Um, so that's my mindset because I was just like I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care. The only thing I care about is this getting this career and getting this career and strongman going. The gym was a way to provide for me to do that, for funding me to do that. Right. Um, and and it, the business at the time, I take it, was doing okay, and there's members, and it was funding that habit. Yeah, so, it, it, well, um, I, I've always, I've always, God's given me the gift of always working hard. Yeah. Um, I enjoy working, um, but I, I make sacrifices as well. So when you when you want something, there's it's very rare that you just give given something because let's face it, when you get given something and it's not cost you anything, yeah. there's no value in it. No. So the first year of my um, gym being open, I lived on eighty pounds a week. Well, I lived in my parents' attic right. on a single bed, and that's when I hit my thirtieth birthday. So I spent my thirtieth birthday doing that I mean that is especially at the time when I was trying to pick up as many different girls as possible it wasn't cool when you were 30 years old and you had to say well you can come back to mine but we'll have to sneak past my parents go into a single bed nice. so uh, so and Christian parents that could have been quite interesting yeah well they my parents were very they, they obviously didn't want the lifestyle that I wanted for myself but they kind of let me do me yeah um, which is in a similar way what God lets us do sometimes yeah yeah yeah. Um, so, you, so you ask for it, you get it. So you, you're competing, you're doing really well, you're successful, although you've got a bit of a habit, you, the gym's going okay. And then uh, talk to me about the 19th of January 2019. Right, okay, so uh, my career was going really well. Um, I started to get talked about a lot. I was competing against people who've been World's Strongest Man. I was beating some of the competitors in World's Strongest Man in the Strongman Champions League. Um, I won England's Strongest Man 2017, then came runner-up in UK Strongest Man 2018, so I've been on TV about 20 times by this point. He's all over YouTube, by the way, I checked him out. Yeah, you can see, my, <laughs> yeah, you can see the injuries. Well. Uh, and basically then 2019, and I, I remember I, was, I had a, quite a bad cocaine habit, um, but I had a penthouse apartment because I ended up in a sponsorship, I opened a security firm, so I was balling. I, I remember one paycheck, I took home £8,000. Um, which I know there's people that have more than that, but I'd never experienced that. I, I was regularly taking between five and six thousand. Right. So I remember thinking, I've got all the money, and I was throwing one of these parties at my penthouse apartment. So it's had two top two floors, had uh, hot tubs on the outside and a sauna on one side, and I yeah. used to throw these parties. And um, as I threw these parties, um, uh, one of my pals said to me, he said, uh, "You've made it," and I was just like. I hope not. I hope not. I hope, that, I hope this isn't it. Because at the end of these parties, I was on such a downer, I'd like think, shall I just took myself off the top? And what stopped me a lot of the time is, well, I didn't want to hurt anyone at the bottom. I didn't want to kill anyone else at the bottom. And boy, let me tell you, he would make a very big <laughs> yeah. mess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's where it got to. And then it, it was a Britain's strongest man in Sheffield yeah. Arena with 10,000 people watching on the 19th of January 2019. And uh, I was already having an awful competition. I'd put a lot of weight on because uh, I put, took a lot more steroids. And How stuff. much were you weighing at I was 24 and a half stone. Wow. So the minute I'm about 19 and a half, I'm relatively big, but I was very big. Another five stone on that. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Five, uh, sorry, six foot three, 
and 24 and a half stone at 20% body fat. So any of you people that know uh, about like that sort of uh, stuff, then yeah. uh, you'll know that's a very large human being. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, I was coming to the Atlas Stones last event. I was already doing really bad, so all I remember visualizing and thinking, all I want to do is go and get high and get drunk with my pals. Um, so, but uh, but God had other plans for me that day. <laughs> uh, and what happened is I, I lifted the first Atlas Stone up, 100 kilos, fine. Second Atlas Stone, 120 kilos, fine. Third Stone, 140 kilos, fine. Fourth Stone, 160 kilos. I missed the platform. I started to get cramped in my stomach and 160 kilo came crashing down directly on my leg and it landed on my knee and my foot had nowhere to go. So the tibia and fibula, that's a, the shin bone, both of them just shattered in half. It sounded like a really loud branch breaking off a tree. And um, I knew it was very, very broken. I've got the video of that. That's all over YouTube as well. You can, you can check that out. Phil Roberts, leg break, I think, or strongman leg break. Um, and uh, I, I looked around and I was like, oh no, my leg is very broken and then the pain kicked in and everything and they rushed me off to hospital and, and then that wasn't the worst of it because I, I thought, right, they're going to put a rod down my, my shin bone and fix it. And I woke up after the first surgery and they said, there's been some complications, uh, over the next two weeks what we're going to try and do is save your leg. Wow, that's pretty scary. And you're like, what? I've gone from basically one of the most physically able people in the country to potentially what I saw myself as would be a cripple. Yeah. And then that hits you, that knocks you for six. Because if you're already not in a good place and then bam, that hits you as well. I had to reassess everything. I had to reassess absolutely everything. And um, do you want me to go into the change? Yeah, you can. I, I, I think having been in orthopedics, uh, for 20 years I, I've seen the x-rays and it was very broken it, yeah. I, I mean he did, he did a great job yeah, on it yeah. I mean if you'd have been an orthopaedic surgeon receiving that you would not have wanted to deal with it because mm. it was pretty bad yeah. and I know that we uh, probably met up and, and he had a, a big ring on his, yeah, on his yeah. leg full external fixator really really bad but he was in, he was in good spirits when we saw each other yeah. um, but at the time um, I know that he wasn't a Christian at the time, and I think um, we were we were going to Lanzarote together yeah. uh, on a men's a Christian men's fellowship uh, week away, and um, yeah, it'd be good to talk about what happened there because mm. that was uh, you know already sounds like there was a process happening yes. in you yeah. and and a real um, change that was coming, mm. and and I think God was starting that, but by uh, letting this this dramatic leg break happened mm, yeah. uh, just to stop you in your tracks so yes. do you want to talk to us about what happened in a place called Club La Santa which if, yeah. you, if you want to go is an, an amazing place for sport yeah. Um, but yeah Phil was there um, having a laugh with people on the plane who wouldn't get out of his way uh, even though he got a ring on his on his leg and he was in a real load of pain he was still sat in economy with people trying to jump over him which was making me laugh because he was massive and people couldn't get around him <laughs> never mind with his leg so but he was he was in great he was in great spirits to start with but yeah things ha seemed to happen yeah. at Lanzarote so talk us yeah that. so Lanzarote uh, Christian Vision when they do that is, it's been fantastic because I've been going for the last few years mm. And to be honest, what I thought is when they first invited me, I thought, 
well, you want to charge me 120 quid to go to Lanzarote and all I have to do is listen to a half an hour talk in the evening. These Christians are mugged. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. And I basically, the first few, first few times, I went, I got into fights and all sorts. I was trying to pull barmaids and things like that. I was, I was an idiot. And they, they kept inviting me back. Was, That's a crazy thing. Um, but this time was different because I didn't have my suit of armour on. I didn't have my big bravado. Obviously, on, in the good spirits, uh, I usually it's a cloak. It's, yeah. It was a cloak and stuff like that. But really, what you're doing, you, your mind's ticking over, going, "What's going to happen? What What am I doing?" Um, in 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 a split second, one mistake, I've nearly lost everything. Um, and it's very much my foundations were built on the sand. Yeah. Um, and it just shows a storm came, and it just boom, swept my life away from underneath me. I was thinking, my business is going to struggle. Am I going to be able to compete again? Um, all these many, many different thoughts in my head. And uh, I've been speaking to Carl, the uh, the leader of uh, the uh, uh, Christian Vision for Men, and um, he said, uh, "We've been. Li- I've been listening to the talks this time instead of just getting drunk at the back and almost heckling." Um, and I, he was basically explaining a lot of different things to me. Um, and at one point, he said, what's stopping you from making a commitment to Jesus? And I literally had the mindset of, I guess nothing really now. So I said, you know what, sod it. Let's go for it. Um, and then, do you want to talk about experience? Yeah, yeah I do. Uh, I, because the people who are in the room, I think, were quite scared <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So it'd be quite, it'd yeah, be quite a, yeah, an interesting yeah. uh, insight into yeah. what actually happened. Okay, so um, so I said to Carl, I said, okay, I'm ready to make that commitment. What do I do? And he says, right, we're going to go outside and pray. And it'd be in the overcast day. Uh, it's relatively warm. It was all right. Um, and so... I've never, I've never really done this since I was a kid, and to as a kid, you just feel like you're talking to yourself. I felt like I was talking to myself. I was just yeah. doing it out of duty. And then um, I, I, he started praying, and then I started getting. I usually often get a twitchy leg. If you see, I'm, I'm twitching my leg. You have to visualise it because you can't see under the table. I was twitching my leg, and I was thought, this is different. This, and then the other leg started going. I was like, I've got all this energy. What's going on? What's going on? And then my hands started twitching. Uh, I was like, okay, this is bad. Okay, and there was like some cigars or cig- or, 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 or um, matchsticks match in the middle. And I just went, I just broke them and just threw them. I was like, oh, this is weird now. And then, then at this point, I kind of took a bit of a back seat. And it was a bit like I was a passenger in my own body. Because then all of a sudden, Carl was across from me, a little bit further away you are from yeah. me. And I basically just started swearing at him and saying, F off, shut the F up, and, and just basically went to town on him to say, You're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna F in hurt you if you don't shut up. I'm gonna, bam. and it was complete. It was like, I liked this guy, I liked him, <laughs> I liked him, but, but um, I was basically shaking madly and just going, Shut up, trying to get him to shut up and stuff like that. And then at once a point, I need, I wanted to shut him up, so I wanted, I remember wanting to grab his face to shut him up. And so I leaned over the table, and as I reached, it kind of felt like if you've ever had, well, you, you probably will have in science, put two South End magnets together, and I couldn't get him. I, I couldn't get him. It felt like it was just a repellent, like, mm, I can't do this. But he had a hoodie on. And he had a hoodie on with those toggles in the hoodie. I remember, I can get that. 
So I managed to just grab and pull that toggle, and I pulled that toggle all the way out of it. Listen, we just carried on doing it. He was kind of quite calm. I'd have been quite worried. <laughs> I, I would have been worried. Yeah, he's a lot smaller than I was. Yeah. And uh, but I just pulled it right out, and I remember thinking, well, part of me thinking, oh, that'll show him, and he carried on praying, and I was just like, ah, and then basically it all stopped. It all stopped, and then I was like. What has just happened? I thought at this point, because I've not had much to drink or anything, yeah. I, I thought, I've lost it. I've just obviously took too many drugs in my time or something, or my brain's finally broken. Yeah. I thought, oh no, this is me, I'm gonna have to live in a mental asylum now. And, I, I, and, then, and then what's worse is it came back, a, a different one came back, so it's like a really aggressive one, and then the next one was like mocking. Right. And then I was basically, and then I said, I feel, I feel it coming back. There's something coming back. They said, right, we'll just keep praying that. Let's keep praying. And as we were praying, I basically said, you actually believe all this load of yeah. like S yeah. and you're stupid. I can't believe this. It was like a completely different tactic. Right. And I was laughing at them. I said, you don't believe this. This is a load of rubbish. You're mm. absolutely bonkers. You, you're just mentalist. You guys believe in this. And again, they kept calm and stuff. And then, bang settled again and I said to the guys I said what's going on and Tom Bond my friend who was next door he'd never seen anything like Carl apparently had seen stuff like that before so he was like cool as cucumber whereas Tom Bond was just he was like oh, what's, oh, what's going on but obviously my, I was focused on who was praying um, and I I, I I know that was demons living inside me yeah. one of some sort of aggression one of some sort of like nasty mocking yeah. Um, and that, if I reflect back on my character, that is a lot of what my character was. Right. Angry and aggressive. Yeah. And also belittling people. Yeah. Uh, because I could. Um, and as, um, as that all calmed down, um, I said, what's going on, guys? What's going on? And Carl said something like, look up to the heavens and just ask for a sign or ask, ask God what's going on. I looked up and said, God, what's going on? And bang, there was a hole in the clouds, yeah. like a hole in the clouds where you could see all the stars because it's, it's on like a quiet side of Lanzarote, so it's like really good stars. And, yeah. um, and in this circle, I could see the perfect silhouette of a face. It had the head, the eyes, the nose, the lips. You could even see the lips and the chin in cloud form. Um, and then a puff, like a speech bubble if it, on a cartoon coming yeah. out of it. And I said, and then again, I thought, oh, I'm bonkers. Can, can anyone else see this? And I said to the other guys, I said, can you see that? And then they looked up, and Vondi was obviously like, whoa. <laughs> Carl was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I believe I had some form of exorcism because once Jesus lives inside you, there's no room for demons. No. Um, so they vacated, and they weren't happy about that. No, it sounds like it. They weren't happy about that. So, but then after that, there was no pain in my leg for like, 18 hours or so wow. Wow. yeah it came back though it did come <laughs> back but it was a demonstration of Jesus' power over the spiritual yeah and over the physical because yeah. I my, that that because I had a Lizroff cage on it which is a big cage around with stick block, something like 24 uh, wires sticking into my bone which had to go through your muscle and your skin so you can imagine how painful it was um, I had no pain for a short time wow um, well, be, that's a nice relief, a nice thank you for. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was just it was just God demonstrating His power over yeah. both of those. And well, I know, I know. Post that, when we went out for a few drinks, you were then on fire uh, mm. because 
my brother-in-law who was there sat in a, in a pub uh, we were afterwards and you were saying you will not believe what I've received and you need to receive it as well <laughs> and, 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 and when Phil tells somebody he, they need to receive it even though my brother was also in the brother-in-law he was also in the police and quite a big chap not as big as Phil <laughs> he himself was like yes Phil I understand he wasn't a Christian himself <laughs> but he certainly was going to try and work out how he could please Phil because <laughs> Phil was on fire at that stage yeah. so, so amazing you know incredible story of how you once were you know lost and then you were found yeah. which is, is an incredible when I heard you tell me and, and tell my brother-in-law at the same time it, it definitely welled up inside me. I was almost in tears when you were mm. telling me because to to have such a conversion and go from what you were to what you yeah. you are today was incredible. And yeah. and I can you know he hasn't stopped talking about the gospel. Let me tell you, <laughs> I, 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 the gym oozes God's love in this yes. gym that we yeah. sat in today. So tell me though, um, what have been some of the struggles post that event, yeah. and what have what have been the things that you know you found difficult and the challenges so uh, obviously at that point I st- I had a drug addiction and yeah. I-, I was thinking right well I get back and it's going to be fine God's going to sort it out yeah no no there was still those addictions and I was obviously that sends you in a confusion it's like but I thought I was a Christian now yeah so why am I still doing these things that I don't want to do um, and it took it took a it took a process um, of me basically slowly getting to know God because when you start a relationship with someone or you start a friendship with someone it's like yes you started that friendship yep. however it's like it's going to take time and experiences for you to build up that trust so it's the same with God it just uh, with me it took time and experiences to basically get to know him and realise oh he is good he's not just a God in heaven that is looking down on us and going, you've done that wrong, zap, sort of thing. Yeah. Because that is what a lot of people think of God as, and yeah. he isn't. No. He is an almighty, powerful God that created the universe, but he created it for his children. Yeah. And uh, those he created in, are in his own image. So um, it was a process of learning to get to know that, but again, because I'm a, an extreme character, I was still kind of hooked. Uh, I didn't like what I was doing. I was more of a conscious about it. Um, a lot of a lot of the chase did go away, yeah. uh, but there was just a few that just hung on. Yeah. I was like, should I even be calling myself a Christian if I just keep doing this? Yeah. Um, and then at that point, another friend of mine, a good friend of mine, killed himself. Wow. Um, and that was in March of 2021. So that was just over two years ago now. Yeah. And that that still hurts to this day. Like I I could easily cry about that right now. Right. Um, but that was a series of he messaged me the night before and he phoned me and said, uh, and I I didn't listen because I'd, I'd had a smoke. Right. Um, and he said. Um, I need some help. And I was reading these messages in the morning because I woke up in the morning. I was like, I need some help. I found something out. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. He called me. I just had my phone on. I read them in the morning. I was like, no, right. Call him. No answer. And I was thinking, oh, I've got to go down there. Drove onto the road. Police car on the road. I'm thinking, oh, no, please not. It's not outside his house, so it could just be not there. Knocked on the door. 
police officer answered, and I'm thinking, oh, please just be arrested for being an idiot or something like that. And I, I said to the officer, I said, hello, is Gio here? And she said, yes. And I said, is he okay? She said, no. <clears throat> so he basically, yeah, he topped himself that night. And you can imagine the amount of guilt as well as you miss your friend sort of thing. And as you, as you can see, it still cuts me up now, which is fine. Um, but that was a point when I basically said, <clears throat> I, I said, um, I can't do this life anymore, God. I want you to take control. I'm just making a mess. I just, everything I do is making a mess. So I, the best analogy I can give, and this is where some, some Christians get stuck as well. So the best analogy is, imagine, I like cars, okay? Um, I was, imagine you're driving a car, okay? You're sat in there by yourself. Everyone is there at some point in their life. They are driving the car by themselves, trying to get directions, trying to figure out what they're doing. And this is what the story of my life was. I was trying to find out what I needed to do in my life. Where would I go to the well to quench the thirst of my whole, the missing bit in my life? And I was just trying everything. And the worst thing was I was being successful. So it's like, you knew that like, everything just kept drying up. The water kept drying up. And I was like, it's gotta be more. And then at that point, that's when I basically, at Lanzarote is when I accepted Jesus into the car. Mm. But I said, you sit in a passenger seat. Mm. You sit there, I'm still driving, <laughs> uh, but I will sometimes listen to you. And I know you're there sort of thing. So I was praying and stuff. And, and, I, and, and that is at the point where you're saved. Yeah. Okay, I 100% believe it. But don't stay there. Mm. Um, and what happened when Gio killed himself, and I kind of broke down, is I said, Jesus, I've stopped the car, you're driving, I'm not driving anymore, I'm done with it. I'm done with it, I'm just gonna do it your way because I've made such a hash and I continue to make a hash. I'm still not living life to the full. I'm saved, yes, but why am I still kind of actively going against your will and why am I not fulfilled after after uh, I let Jesus in the driving seat of my car wham bam that was crazy that's when life just went absolutely insane it got harder and it life got harder and anyone who says a Christian's life uh, is it, it makes it easier it doesn't it doesn't make it easier. If anything, it makes your life a little bit harder because you, you have to resist, you want to try and resist temptations. You, you can't just do, you don't want to do whatever you want to do. Um, but it's a hundred times more enjoyable life than without it. And just the journey he takes you on, if you let him, the journey he takes you on is Phil, it, basically it's like going to a, it's going on a roller coaster you know you're safe but my word it has its ups and downs and it's scary but you know what I find it very exciting and 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 it's just the reason we're sat in this station now is the largest independent gym in uh, in Sheffield um, is all because I followed I, I said God I want to glorify you in the gym world my passion is lifting weights my passion is Jesus Christ. 
um, we want to bring you glory in this. So I met up with another business partner, uh, my business partner, who's also a Christian, one of them is. And uh, we've dedicated, we just said, God, we don't want this business if you're not involved in this. So we, like Moses, um, Moses, one of the Old Testament guys said, uh, God said, you can go into the promised land, but because you've been so disobedient, I'm not interested in going with you anymore. I'll let you go in there and be successful. I mean, this gym, it would be successful without God, but it would be missing the biggest part of it. So we, like Moses said, we don't want it if you're not involved. So we pray every single morning. We pray for everyone who comes under this roof uh, that they at some they have some experience with God. That we invite Him to come into this building and basically meet people where they're at. I sometimes say it's like, God, if you're the host, if you're in charge of this building, it's only polite that you introduce yourself to people around, and that's where we get the atmosphere. We ask the Holy Spirit to come in and and just be around the place. And 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 I know you won't be able to judge this on the podcast but yeah. having been here and even just chatting just now to the cleaner <laughs> she knows there's yeah. a difference here yes. there's a definite different feel of um god's presence in this place yeah. which i find incredibly exciting it's one of the most amazing gyms you'll ever go to he's got so many apparatus here mm. is ridiculous <laughs> but and, and and it takes a lot to step out in business to do that yes. And it takes a lot, but I think when you're in God's hands, as Phil is, and he's dedicated this business to God, it's made a huge difference yeah. uh, to the whole thing. But yeah, I, I, I'm blown away by this place, mm-hmm. and, and it's been incredible. So now, what can you know, we be thinking of praying for you uh, in this gym and in this, you know, what, what does that look like for the future for you? What, what's your ambition now? Obviously, you had... You know, you wanted to be the world's strongest man, or you wanted to be the best mm. RoboCop there was, um, <laughs> yeah. or whatever that was before. But what what does the future look like for Phil Roberts? So I, I have I have lots of ideas, and I, I take my prayers to God like a child, but I have to be very careful to hold on to them loosely and yeah. say, God, I want to glorify you in this. I love doing this. I want to glorify you in this, um, but holding it loosely. Because sometimes as Christians, what we can do is, well, I wanted this. And you said, ask in my name and it should be given unto you. I've not got it. And I was going to bring you to glory. I was going to bring you glory and stuff like that. But what you have to remember at those times, because we all, we, we all go for that. Yeah, those times. I do. <laughs> uh, but the important thing is to remember, if you're seeking after God, if you're seeking after his righteousness, you've got Romans 8 verse 28 that will always protect you. It's like an insurance policy. Um, for in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and call according to his purpose. And that isn't going to say that everything is going to turn out exactly how you want. <laughs> but if you're submitting to God, it's about his will and we just have to trust him. And like I said earlier about that relationship thing is if you're in a position where you know what, you're not trusting God that much, then you need to spend time with him in his word praying to him he just wants to talk to you he wants to know your life he wants you to be brutally honest if you're feeling down and out tell him you're feeling down and out don't try and pretend to God that you're not um, and if you're if you're feeling happy tell him just be thankful for being happy and um, sometimes what we have in our mind is damaging for us so when we say ask anything in my name and it should be given unto you if we're seeking after God's glory and God's kingdom He's like a father who protects us. 
he's protecting us from ourselves as well. So when we ask for something, we can't see the future. We don't know how that's going to pan out. But all we've got to do is just trust him. And the more you step out in faith, the more you say, God, I want to take a, I want to take a risk for you. It's like if, 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 um, if we did that, you know that thing where you, 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 I turn my back on you yeah. and you say, trust me, and I've dropped back. Yeah. Okay? First time I met you, I probably wouldn't trust you to do that. I'm no. a big boy. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> but the more you experience the little drops, so imagine he's just you're falling back a little bit, a little bit, and then what happens is God's going to start saying, right, I'm going to... I need you to trust me even more now, so I'm going to stand further back. I'm going to let you fall a little bit further and catch you. It's a lot more exciting, but it's a lot more scary. And sometimes we're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? He's there. He's there. He's watching. He's waiting. And the more we build up that trust with him, the more we can step out in faith. And if you're doing it with a pure heart, um, which we can only attain from asking God in prayer anyway. Say, God, purify my heart. If this idea is not in your will, let me know. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start pushing doors, um, and then if they're blocked, accept they stop. Okay, yeah. you have to. Is, this is where your will comes becomes a battle against God's will. God's will is always going to win, uh, but sometimes we get bitter and mardy. It's like, well, I wanted this. I wanted this, like a child, like a child. Um, but we know you give a child too many sweets, it's not good for them. No, so. We just have to trust that our father's saying no at that point for a reason and just get to know him. Don't turn it, don't use it to turn away from him. And then I can guarantee that time, that promise of Romans 8, verse 28, further down the line, it will all make sense mm. because he works for the good of those who love him and accord according to his purpose. So if you're called, if you love God and you're called according to his purpose, he will use every situation. Um, to improve and you may not see that straight away you may not see um, that benefit straight away this is where the trust and patience comes in mm. so we have to just say God I don't know what's going on look at all the Psalms God what's going on this is the, and then David says why are you not here why are you not listening to me why are you not listening to me but the thing is at the end he always says but I will trust in God in some formal way. He will. He always says, you are the creator, you are the king. So it's good to say that. It's good to vent to him and say, God, what's going on? What's going on? But always remember the last bit of saying, you created the heavens and the earth. You're a loving father. Remind yourself of God's promises. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, uh, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for hope in the future. And that's not talking about financial profit, prosper. That's, he wants you to flourish in being you. And that is that looks different for absolutely everybody, mm. but we can only do that using Proverbs three verse five and six. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, um, and submit to Him in all your ways, and He will make straight your paths. Yeah. Lean not on your own understanding. Sorry, I missed that bit. Out. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding, and uh, submit to Him in all your ways. He will make your safe path, your path straight. If your path isn't straight, something's gone wrong in that. Yeah. So it's that trust issue. And if you haven't got trust in God, spend time with him, ask him for it. He will, he's a generous giver. And then start taking steps of faith and see how much you can trust our Lord. Well, wow. It's been an amazing uh, conversation. Yeah. And, and I know God works not only in the people I interview, but also in me. And, and having this opportunity to sit and have a chat with you, 
and it's such a privilege for me to hear that and it and your your dedication to the Lord and who you're about and that openness of heart for him for me is massively impactful to me in my life so I know God's blessing me through doing this podcast that I never thought I'd ever do anything (laughs) like this ever I'm not trained in in this at all but God's given me an opportunity and today has really confirmed to me that it's the right thing for me to do at the moment so thank you for your time in doing it absolute pleasure one last question um, is we're going to start this as a tradition it's actually stolen from another podcast but you know the guest who's coming up next um, I've mentioned his name before we did, we did this. Right. If you could ask him one question, what or her, sorry, <laughs> him or her, maybe a him, um, one question, what would you ask him? Oh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if I could ask him any question, I like this. Or her. Or her, yeah, okay. <laughs> or her. Yeah, I think I may pick up on um, I would ask him... What Bible verse does he draw most strength from? And I'm really interested in that because everyone's slightly different. And when he's in the pit, yeah. what verse does he turn to? Um, what promise of God does he turn to in that pit? Great question. Yeah. Great question. Well, listen. <laughs> you didn't want to like, ask him what's his favourite cereal. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted, I wanted a real deep question. Right, because okay, I, I, I'm struggling with my own question, so right. I, that's why I asked that question, so uh, other people get a good chance of asking the right question. Yeah. And I think that is a good one. But listen, thank you so much for yeah. your time. I know it's been a while, um, but, but thank you so much. And um, hopefully, um, this will be just one, the first, you're actually the first, it's an honour to have you hey, as my first interviewee uh, yeah so listen hopefully this podcast will grow and more people will hear the change that the gospel has and the impact the gospel has on people's lives so thank you the legend <laughs> that is Phil uh, or Big Phil and in, in fact in my family uh, he's, we're always asked by our seven year old when can I go and see Big Phil yeah, yeah. and she's even made him a, a bracelet that looks up like it fit around his neck because she thinks he's got massive arms, which, which he has, which I'll give to the end of this interview. <laughs> so thank you ever so much, Phil. Thank you. Cheers.